This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I am tired. I uh, just literally got out of the car from my trip to altitude. Yeah, I was at altitude this weekend, um, not running. Uh, I was in Vermont skiing, and it made me wonder, like, because I didn't do any running up there, but there's got to be some kind of conversion for skiing, right? Like, if you do a full eight-hour day of skiing, does that count for at least a couple miles? I mean, I feel sore. (laughs) I feel very sore. Well, you slept at altitude. Count that. Well, true, I slept at altitude. You just spent time at altitude. That's what altitude training is. That's a good point. I like, you know, you drink a beer at altitude, it's better than drinking a beer not at altitude. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Boy, that that is tough to follow up, but uh, I am doing good. Much needed, you know, day off from work here. It's been about, uh, what, two weeks of, of having to go to work for five days in a week. So, um, you know, happy Martin Luther King Day and happy day off to everybody. I'm uh, excited to be here. And the shirts are live. We, we, the sh- we had the shirts drop on Friday. Thank you to everybody that bought a shirt. It's helping us grow the pod. It's helping us actually keep the lights on here because, you know, it costs a little bit of money. And, uh, you know, the, the shirts are going to help us stay in business. And everybody who didn't buy a shirt, you can go to hell. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. But, hey, you want to help us out? You like what we're doing? Buy a shirt. Keep it going. But I'm rocking mine. It's pretty sweet, right? It Check looks it good, Steve. There yeah. it is. Yeah, fits awesome, too. It's a, it's a nice shirt. But, anyways, guys, we have... We are. We had a couple weeks there. We didn't have a ton of running news going on in the in the running world, but we got a full slate of running news that I'm excited to get into. Let's kick it off. All right. So first story in the world of running news is we had the Houston half marathon, and boys, there was some fast times out there. So on the guy side. They had nine people under one hour, and we had 57, 57 runners under 65 minutes. Insane. And even more impressive, on the women's side, they had 19 women under 70 minutes and 55 women under 75 minutes. Guys, this is blazing fast. I I mean, looking at these results, like, I can't believe what I'm looking at. This is, you know, one of the most impressive results I've seen in the U.S. in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to chalk it up to this is the perfect timing, you know, the perfect distance out from U.S. Olympic trials. It's good distance out for the Olympics. People are getting prepped. People are in, you know, the best shape of their life. It's just Houston. I I know it's always a big race, but it's definitely benefiting from the time of year and just the perfect placement of the race. I think it's the incentive of what they're giving away to the winners. Do you guys see the pictures? Of, I think it's the guys in the second got a cowboy hat. We got these, Whoa. you know, just stud <laughs> runners uh, with these giant Texas cowboy hats. So uh, I think it's it's the incentive of getting a cowboy hat is propelling everyone to these fast times. I think uh, you're probably right, Trent. Do you think there's anybody out there who, you know, it does what we do and just like tries to find a local road race to do, maybe try and go win a couple bucks, and was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I'll sign up for this marathon, half marathon this week. And they show up and just, you know, there's a 10,000 elites just smoking them, not getting their cowboy hat this time around. They just had no idea. See, that's when the key to signing up for a road race that you want to win is, yes, make sure you're getting a good prize, but also check out last year's results. <laughs> yeah, I think right. that would be a, a newbie mistake to not check out last year's results and make sure it's just, winnable for you. Just show up at the Houston Half Marathon, like, ready to roll and be like, oh, boy, some talent showed up today. You're just, like, trying to fight your way to the front. Look at all these scrubs right next to me. <laughs> You do one of those things, you turn to the guy in the line, so, hey, so what are you trying to run today? He's like, ah, I'm trying to go, you know, sub 60. It's like, yeah, all right, buddy, okay, <laughs> doubt it. 
But I think the biggest story from the Houston Half Marathon is Jared Ward uh, running a 61, first American across the line, and he made it look easy. So to everybody, everybody that we're talking to, everybody that we're, you know, is going to be running down in Atlanta um, in a, you know, less than two months now, uh, Jared Ward's going to be a problem. Like, I think that he's got a legitimate shot to, to take home the win based on how he looked the other day in Houston. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to sell myself on the Jared Ward game. I, the fact that he hasn't come on the podcast yet doesn't help his chances of me being a huge fan of his. But you're right. I mean, there's no denying he's he. I would be at this point shocked if he's not making that team. So the next piece of running news is Kanisa Bikele announced that he will be running London against Eliud Kipchoge. So, guys, this is going to be one heck of a showdown against two of the marathoners that people kind of, you know, put up as or consider among, if not the greatest marathoners in the world. Yeah, so for anybody at this point who doesn't know what's going on, Kipchoge, you know, he's the man. He is the greatest to ever do it, even though he hasn't done Boston. And Papa Kale. I mean, there's a lot of people who think that if anybody's going to beat this guy, it's going to be him. So this is what we need in our sport. We need these head-to-head matchups of just heavyweights. I want there to be so much hype for this race. I want there to be sick promos. Like, the kind of stuff that we saw going into Kipchoge's 159 thing, that was cool. They promoted it really well. But to have the, like, pair head-to-head and have a legitimate battle... It gives something to watch. Like, this is the stuff we need to see in our sport is huge names going after it. And it's like you have a reason to watch. You have a a rooting interest. You can get behind your guy. And and it just – when it's the one-on-one thing, having having that dynamic, it's so cool. This is is like what we have been waiting for as a running community. This is – after the trials, now just like next up on the on the schedule for me is you have Boston and London in those back to back weeks. Like that is an epic April to look forward to. Um, I'm excited for how we're going to cover it. Are we going to try and pick sides here and we'll be a little combative? Are we going to be like Team Kipchoge or Team Bekele? Um, what do our what do our fans want us like? Who who is the the rooting interest of the the peak to be listening community? Um, but this is going to be like really important, I'm sure, for us as we lead up to it because it should be. This is. This is crucial, and this is what running is all about, these these just badass uh, battles between two elite athletes. Well, I was going to say the, the the haters are going to really get on me for this one because, you know, this is going to sound like a ignorant, uninformed journalist because I'm supposed to be talking professionally about running here. But has uh, Bekele, Bekele has run, has run Boston, right? Must uh, let, me look, let me look it up right That's a good right question. Now. Because if he has, if Bekele has run Boston, I'm a Bekele guy. Let's see here. Let's see. So he, I know that he, it's been like a, it was like before he ran Berlin this year, it had been like two or three years since he run a marathon. He comes out of nowhere, comes within two seconds of Kipchoge's um, world record time. So to me, it's like, it's almost as if, you know, this is kind of like, we were watching UFC this weekend. It's like a marketing a UFC card. It's like having these two powerhouses you still have the rest of the event to watch. You still have the other cards, but everyone's showing up to watch, you know, Bekele and Kipchoge. And there's a good chance if you, you have two guys within two seconds of the world record that a world record goes down at this race, too. I don't know if he's ever run Boston. Listen to this. Listen to this, like, his medal record. He's won, he's won gold in the Olympics three times. Is that right? He's won gold three times. He's won silver once. He has five world championships. He has a world indoor championship. He has two African championships, two All-African Games championship, 11, 11 world cross-country championships. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's he's probably the most decorated runner of all time. Bikela. Yeah. I mean, this, this is... Hearing you say that, it's getting me even more fired up because we talk about, like... We can't even remember the last time Kipchoge lost, but it, and the other thing we love about him is he's just like a winner. Like when he steps on the line, you know, he wins. This Bekele, same way. When he steps on the line, he's a winner. He wins. That's what he does. In like all of his major championships, I mean, yeah, he he doesn't lose. He has one bronze in a world championship, and that was like 
he was off his game that year. But this guy's got 26 medals from like world, you know, championship events. Like this guy, I mean, Bekele is, you know, uh, hopefully he's got enough left in the tank because if he can go head to head with Kipchoge, this is going to be this is going to be a fun race to watch. I was about to say, I think we're we're getting these guys still in their prime. You know, Bekele's 37, Kipchoge's 35, so that we're still right there. This is not uh, Pacquiao Mayweather when you know one guy was still leading, the other guy had fallen off. Um, Bekele is a couple years older, but he still has it in him to make this like a, a real race and. Uh, perfect timing for this. A couple of years later, this wouldn't be that exciting, but uh, they nailed it by doing London this year. And it's like we're going into an Olympic year, so it's like then no matter what the result is, do you get the rematch at the Olympics uh, you know, a few months later? Could be another another huge headline story. That's right. That's right. Moving on to the next piece of running news. So friend of the program, Noah Drotti, officially announced that he will not be running at the Olympic trials. And for those that listen to the pod, he didn't come out and say it, but you kind of hinted at it. And if you listen to Peak Too Early, you kind of knew before anybody that there was a very good chance that Noah was not going to be running in the trials. What do you guys think of this? I'm bummed. It's a bummer. I Noah's my guy. Like I said, we're, we're loyal to our guys here. And I don't know when you're talking when we were talking to him and he we brought that up and went into that you could just see the kind of disappointment in the way he was talking about it. He wanted so badly to be getting on that. And it, and it stinks when it comes to the Olympics because that's everyone's goal. It's everyone's dream. And, you know, four years from now, who knows what where he's going to be at, if he's going to be at the level he's at now, if he's still going to be doing it, if he's going to be healthy, then like. So when you're that close to to having a shot at it, and then to not be able to make it work, my you know my my heart hurts for him, and it's our guy. It's a it's a bummer. Yeah. How how many uh, how many times is your your next opportunity at something four years away, right? You know, just if you miss out on a major championship at any point, it sucks because you have to wait a full year before you can kind of get back and then see if you can get in the training um, as fit that you were when you got hurt, but. To have something four years away and to be this close, right? Like, even if he wasn't sure when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, you're still, you know, this close and there's still a solid chance. Um, you know, you're hoping for the best so your body can make a quick turnaround because he'll sacrifice anything to run that race, right? It's not any other race you pull out to stay healthy for the next one. This is where you, you know, you go all in for. So, I mean, it's part of the sport, right? It's a, uh, it's kind of wild part about running is it's it's trying to get fast, but it's also just you have to stay healthy. You know, no one can just go out there and run 200 miles a week or people would. Um, you got to balance that health thing. So we're all rooting for Noah to, to get healthy. And he's still a young guy. So hopefully four years later, he'll be right back at it. The marathon sucks because so I mean, the you know, for it sucks for a lot of reasons, but you have to have everything line up on race day. Everything from like you wake up feeling good after a good night's sleep to to the weather to just everything. Everything has to go into it. Now imagine trying to time that. You have a hard enough time, you know, timing that when you have any race to choose from. Imagine trying to time that once every four years. Um, so I can't imagine how how frustrating it is and just kind of like you've done the work, you've proven that you deserve to be there and deserve to have the ability to do it, but your body's just giving up. Um, so, uh, tough break, but Hey, Noah, you can come party with us in Atlanta, man. That's what I was going to say. The good news is he told us he's not running. He'll be there, be there ready to hang out, have a couple, throw back a couple beers with us. So good. We'll see you there. And then our last piece of running news for this week is the USATF cross country championship went down we had, uh, Natasha Rogers of the Hanson Brooks. Uh, winning on the women's side, and then we had Anthony Rotich for uh, running for the U.S. Army, winning on the men's side. And guys, I'm pretty bummed because I didn't watch this. I didn't have a lo- whole lot of hype le- leading up to this. But this is one of like the coolest races in, in the sport, and we got the sport has to do a better job of picking a better time to show this and hype it up a little bit. I mean, they did it on the weekend, maybe the greatest football weekend of uh, uh you know of the year with the two uh you know divisional championship rounds like i knew i knew nothing of this until i saw the races like how did we miss this yeah it seemed like the houston half was you know the biggest uh floated thing in the running world like that was what i saw the most coverage of and 
I don't know, cross country, we talk about all the time. Like, we love the sport of cross country. That is our thing. It it just doesn't get enough love in the running world, right? Like, this should no. be a super cool event, a super big thing. And I've always believed that that is one of the best ways to generate a fan base because the team atmosphere, right? Like, people love having a team to be able to get behind and to be able to watch. So if you can create a culture where we have sponsors take on these big teams and have like a, a cool, like, you know, a, like you would in a, 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 one of the other huge sports and have teams that we can get behind. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't really on my radar and it would have been a cool thing to watch, but there was more build up to club cross and there was this, there like, was. I, yeah. So could we combine club cross in this championship? Could we just have one big championship? Would that be a yeah. better way to go about it? I think so. Well, that's the other thing is like what's tough about distance running is it does get a little diluted, right? Because there's when you're in like a certain season like this, you get indoor track going on, you got half marathons going on, you got marathons going on, you got cross country going on. There is so many things going on. So you're right. I think combining and condensing things a little bit would make it better. Like the more championship, like I, I mean, we need to do a better job of 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 celebrating championship season within cross country season because, the, like, yep. like we were saying right at the beginning, like this should have been on our radar. This should have something be something that we were hyped up about, but we just didn't know about it, or you know, um, there wasn't a whole lot of hype leading up to it. So, all right, now let's get into our interview with Nell Rojas, Mike. I don't know about you. Um, this was one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. I really enjoyed talking to Nell. She's just a very different type of runner she's a super badass chick with a with a very different background and a very different style of running um trent wasn't with us unfortunately he was on vacation so it was just mike and i but um i'm i'm really excited to watch Nell run down atlanta we say it for everybody that comes on the podcast we're a huge fan of you you come on the podcast but uh, i'm gonna be cheering hard for her down there because i really want her to to do well so let's get into it our interview with Nell rojas Our guest today opened up her pro marathon career at CIM with a 231. Shortly after that, she won Grandma's Marathon in a 228 with an Olympic qualifying time. Nell Roja, welcome to Peak Too Early. Thanks. So uh, we we wanted to have you on. We're really excited to talk to you because we think that you have a really unique story. So um, you're, you're a pro marathoner. You're an Olympic hopeful. But you also have this really cool storyline of being a uh, a obstacle course racer and doing things like mud runs and Spartan races. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into that? Um, yeah. Um, so my best friend, um, her name's Nicole Miracle, and she's the Good best name. Spartan. Yeah, it's a sweet name. Um, <laughs> she's the best Spartan racer in the world, arguably she's, um, she won Spartan worlds. And I mean, honestly in Spartan, everything is a world championship somehow. So I don't know, like, like she won Spartan worlds, but everything also is a world championship. So, um, it's still impressive, but so she started in the sport. Um, she was a runner like me. She's a climber. And so she would go to these Spartan races and come home with like, winning like 10 grand and like with these like big checks like five grand 10 grand 15 grand and i'm like oh like what like <laughs> i have to like get on whatever you're doing like that's what i want to be doing so um and i'm like a i'm like a definitely like a bigger stronger runner and most people when they see me they're like oh yeah, you'd be really good at Spartans. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Like (laughs) trying to be a marathoner here, you know, but, um, so like, um, you know, uh, uh, those two things together kind of brought me to, to try those out. Very cool. See, and then your story, correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, you, you also do coaching and training and you, uh, were training, you know, people to do, triathlons and iron man and uh you decided you know you were gonna try an iron man and then along the way you kind of i don't want to say stumbled into but figured out that you are a world-class marathoner you ran two marathons now all of a sudden you're heading to the olympic trials and it's one of these things where you've only run two marathons and 
one of them has been, you know, a 228 Olympic qualifier. You're going to Olympic trials. Where do you see your ceiling is at right now? Because I feel like we certainly don't know. I don't think the running world knows. Where do you think that your ceiling is as far as, you know, marathoning goes? Yeah. Um, so that's a good question. Um, I, my first marathon, my coach, who's also my dad, wanted me to like run like 6.15s to 6.30s. And I started at like six minute pace and went down to like, you know, 5.30 pace or something. And so he wanted me to like jog it. And I like, you know, obviously went way faster than that. Um, qualified with the A standard. Then my second marathon, um, you know, he, he wanted me to start out also slow. Um, I don't, I, and he believes in me obviously, but like, <laughs> and I knew I could run five forties. I like, that's the pace. I was like, Oh, I've got that. You know, um, I did run a lot of that alone. The last half of that was alone. So it was hard, obviously like the last, um, five K was the fastest five K of the race, but it's still, I was like thinking during it, I was like, Oh man, like this is, this is hard. Um, I think I, I, you know, I know I can go faster with more experience under my belt, maybe with some girls to help me out, like in a pack. Um, but it's, it's also really scary. Like I've run two marathons and I'm like, and like, if you want to like, if I want to be really real about it, both my marathons were in the next percent or the 4%, sorry, the vapor flies. Um, and so in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if I'm really fast. I have no idea like <laughs> what's going on. I don't know. I don't know if I can run faster. I think I can, but you know, yeah. So yep. we'll see. <laughs> what do you think about the, what do you think about the, uh, the, the next percent? Um, do you think that, do you feel like you got, or you get a significant advantage from those shoes? Um, I feel like, I get, I feel like they, they are fast shoes. Yes. Yeah. I do. Okay. So like, I mean, I, we, we've talked about it a little, and I don't want to spend too much time on this topic because it, it annoys me, but, um, I don't fully understand the backlash. Like, I feel like it's the place of brands to innovate and create products that are going to help people succeed. Um, right. I do understand the level playing field in the sense where it has to be available for purchase. So every athlete has to have access to it, but mm -hmm. the, the nature of the running shoe industry is to make equipment. That's going to make you perform well, whether that's keep you injury free or make you feel fast on race day. That's just the nature of, uh, of, of the, the running industry. Yeah. And I don't know why they, whoever they is like USATF. I don't know if why they wouldn't want to see fast times or, but I think right now what it is, is it's that, you know, obviously Nike has tons of money and none of the other companies like slowly they are coming out with shoes. I don't know. I've only tried a couple other ones, but I don't know if the other ones are quite up to, up to snuff. And mm -hmm. so for those athletes, like, those Saucony sponsored athletes, those other, you know, I don't want to diss any other shoes, but, um, I didn't mean to call Saucony out, but, um, <laughs> uh, I don't think like they, it, they feel good about showing up, not having that same advantage because they're not sponsored by Nike. Yeah, sure. That's, that's fair enough. And so All I think right. that's what it is right now. Yeah, that's fair. I get yeah. that. All right. So to move away from the uh, the wonderful topic of shoes, yeah. <laughs> I want to uh, on your Instagram. I saw a video of you uh, promoting your self talk, and you were just looking into the camera saying, "I'm a beast. I'm a beast." And I mean, it was awesome. It got me fired up. I was ready to run through a brick wall through it. And if I was one of your, you know, competitors lining up against you, I'd be a little bit intimidated by that, right? I mean, that was like, ooh. But uh, talk a little bit about you know how important that kind of self talk is and amping yourself up and you know that contributing to your kind of confidence um i mean self-talk self-talk is everything um yeah. right now um i'm in a kind of a negative i'm in a negative spot right now and i i'm like like i'm running houston this weekend um i've been sick um haven't felt great my workouts are okay but 
nothing special. My dog is, I have a puppy in here. He can join. Um, so I have, um, and, and like, for no reason, like I'm running better than I've ever run. Um, and for some reason I'm like, negative right now and um i can tell like going into this race and i can tell like it could it could really make or break me um when you you're you're in the race and you've already lost the race um right so i'm i'm a big believer in self-talk and i'm normally pretty good at it and i i'm lucky to be around friends and um like the people i train with are like a lot of them are spartan racers and they're all really positive and they're all just like yeah let's like let's show those girls what's up and you know <laughs> so it's normally like a fun thing to do and so uh, yeah i don't know everyone i have to work on it but <laughs> yeah i gotta work well, on it too yeah <laughs> it and so I, I got to imagine the the crowd is a little different, kind of going from the Spartan race to the to the marathon. And um, you know, I think you know when you get into the to the world, especially when you get to the level of Olympic trials, you get a group of people that is just so focused on you know putting in the miles, seeing how many miles they can they can get. A little bit of weight training, but you know, I think that it's safe to say you're the most you're going to be the most well-rounded athlete stepping on the line at the Olympic trials. You know, like Mike said, looking at your Instagram, you you do a ton of weight training, a ton of strength training. How does that help you, and how does that give you a, a competitive advantage on race day? So, so yeah, I'm I'm more of a low mileage runner, and I supplement with a lot of strength training and some cross training, um, mainly mainly swimming. I do a lot of swimming because it makes it has worked for me in the past. Um, I believe that when I step to the line. I have done the amount of work that I need to race my best, but I'm healthy. I may be slightly undertrained, but I'm fresh and I'm ready to go. I'm not coming in there overtrained and um, slightly injured, like I think a lot of girls will be. And you know, that's another thing that is something that I've had to work on is be like, this is what's worked for me in the past. Don't change it that much. And when I look at other girls' Instagrams and they're running 120 miles a week and I'm like, oh, F, like, <laughs> oh, that's like 40 more miles than I'm running. Like, oh, my God, I have to run more. Um. So, so there is like, I do have to like, that also takes a lot of like confidence, I would say to like, believe in myself enough that I know what works for me and I know I'm doing what's right. Yeah. It's one of the, you know, you got to trust in the process and in your process specifically, right? Exactly. So you mentioned it earlier, but you are coached by your father. Uh, your father was also a, a pretty big runner back in the day and uh i was just thinking about it and it's like <clears throat> uh me and steve's father is a lot like us he's very competitive and i just think about what it would be like if my dad was coaching me it would be awesome and it would be great mm -hmm. but i can see at times we would probably butt heads <laughs> a little bit and, and see bit. steve over there laughing i think you would too <laughs> do you have any experience with that do you and your father ever you know a little difference in training a little different philosophy get into a little bit with a uh, button heads um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, oh yeah. I mean, so he's coached me since I graduated from college and when I was, I was a professional triathlete for a couple years and, um, we, ha we stopped talking for a, a whole year because wow. we got in, we got in a huge fight because first of all, yeah, I mean, he's my dad. He was coaching me. We were also, coaching together other people like we have a running group together and so like and as a triathlete you're overtrained and in a bad mood all the time and you don't have any money <laughs> and so like we we fought and um 
Now it's better because it's just running and I trust him. But there, there definitely are times where like, I mean, my dad is like, I'm like, he's psycho. Like he's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> all, all distance runners are a little bit, right? <laughs> oh my, have you met like any of those like old, like distance runners from like, oh yeah. The seven or like you're like screws loose for sure. Oh my god, there's so many screws loose. <laughs> and he has all these friends that were like, you know, like the Frank Shorter and Pablo Villa. Like, there's a bunch of big names that still are around Boulder because we're in such a you know this community. And like you meet them and you're like, oh my god, like <laughs> something happened to these guys. <laughs> so it is interesting. But. Are you well, afraid that, that are you afraid that that's going to be you in forty years from now? <laughs> oh my god, I'm slowly turning into my dad, and yeah, I, bet. <laughs> I literally, Mike, I, that was literally my next question. That's because awesome. I, it, it is an interesting dynamic because like, there's definitely a, a level of uh, you know it's 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 a different relationship than any other coaching relationship. But I bet you, you know, the reason you stuck with him is because he knows you as an athlete better than anybody ever could, um, and I'm sure that's part of the reason you you've been so successful. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about this the other night, like, <clears throat> because I am, we're so close and I am so, he's so open to, he asked me about my training. We go over it together. We kind of write it together. Um, I put my input in, he puts his input in. And then as I go, he listens to me and I can, I can like, like do a good job of being coachable, but also like being like, okay, I know what I need, you know? And I think a lot of athletes don't do that either, you know, either they're like, fuck that. I'm going to do my own thing. Or they're like, they listen, they do exactly what their coach says, which like, as a, as a coach myself, I'm like, that's great. But like, I need your input. I didn't know that you limped the last three miles of your run, you know, like, so I think it's a huge advantage that we have such a good relationship. That's great. So you've had success. I mean, they're all related, but success against uh, across a couple different types of sports. If you had to pick uh, another sport to try and compete in, what would it be and why? Um, to compete. Oh, that's a good. Um, I mean, so. I mean, I personally, like you've seen my Instagram, like I love strength training and I love like working hard. I would, if I could like retire from a marathoner, I would probably be a CrossFitter. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same like, deal. Like you like exercising, you know, um, I like, there's like a little bit of running. There's a, like, I don't know. I think it would be fun. I'd, be, I'd love that. I dove into the world of CrossFit a couple of years ago, and uh, the thing I loved about it is a lot of the workouts you have to kind of go into the same mentality as like a track workout. It's the yeah. same thing where the you know the the different reps, and you gotta you kind of gotta go all out, but at the same time just hold a little bit back before you yeah. completely you know spend yourself. So you know it's it's very different world, but at the same time it had the same mentality for me. So I I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I did it for a couple months because I had a roommate who was like my best friend and he's like a little overweight and he was like if I pay for your CrossFit will you do it with me and I was like yeah and so I went like every morning and he like went maybe one time <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> awesome I was like worked out for me <laughs> that's a very expensive uh you know uh gym membership to not go yeah to. no kidding I know. <laughs> and double it like yeah he right really wanted to go like to motivate himself but just couldn't do it yeah <laughs> So you seem like an incredibly self-motivated uh, person. It doesn't seem like you need a whole lot of external motivation. But I want to bring up another thing that you put out on your social media because it was another thing I was very inspired by and admired it a lot. You had a post uh, a little while ago about uh, somebody who had approached you about you know the kind of style of runner you are, the kind of because you are such a strength-based runner and that maybe the marathon wasn't the you know, the, the perfect fit for you. And I wonder, does that stuff, how, how much of a factor does that kind of um, stuff factor into your motivation to be great at the marathon, right? Because you have all these people saying, 
oh, you know, you've only done two marathons. You know, this isn't, you know, you're supposed to look a certain way. You're supposed to do it a certain way. How much does that factor in? How much does that put fire in your belly to, to be as great as you are? Um, I probably think about it every run. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, just as how many times like someone hasn't like told me I couldn't do something, but dismissed me, you know, kind of like blew me off or not really paid attention or, or how much like I struggled to be a runner because I've always had this body type growing up, but consistently had success, like gotten better and a little bit better, a little bit better. And then also coaching female athletes, like young female athletes who, you know, like desperately need, need me. Um, I believe to, to believe in themselves and to really, you know, not think they have to fit into these stereotypes and that's for 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 anything you know for running it would be great but for anything um and so I think it's it's I try to do running for for myself and but I think about that all the time and that's one of the most important reasons that I want to do so well yeah well so I mean I think Steve and I love the sport of running, but I think what we love most about running and runners is that kind of breed of just badass. Like you don't need to do it a certain way. It's just the grind. You're going to get it done. You're going to get it done your way. So I think that's one of the big reasons that we want to have you on to talk to you because I mean that you fit that mold perfectly. And I, that is the type of runner that I think this sport needs to be getting behind because so many times we get behind. I mean, there's so many great runners that we should be getting behind, but we this is the part of the sport that we love so much. So we say to a bunch of our uh, guests that we have on that, you know, once you come on this show, peak too early boys are loyal to you through and through. But I, I think there's a little bit of extra. We're going to be down in Atlanta for the trials and we're going to be, you know, probably have our signs out. We're going to be cheering on now. So look out Not for me. us on the course out there. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> Well, this is so much fun. I'm so glad we had you on. It was great talking to you, but we end every interview with a quick game. So, Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, down the home stretch, we'll pick a specific topic, rapid fire questions at you. And we've kind of talked a little bit about it on this interview, but yours is going to be obstacle course racing. So, Steve's going to hit you with the first question. The timer's going to start. Honest question. Let's do it. Did you nail the spear throw in your first Spartan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. What is your best and worst obstacle? Um, best obstacle is anything that I don't have to do monkey bars on. And the worst <laughs> obstacle is the monkey bars. Because <laughs> they are surprisingly hard. <laughs> what What was a better obstacle course TV show? Nickelodeon's Global Guts or Legends of the Hidden Temple? Um, sorry, I, I have not watched either of them. Oh, the answer is Legends of the Hidden Temple. So. Oh, I was going to say Guts. No, you uh, well, you're wrong. All right, so I know nothing about obstacle course racing, but I always think about how uh, when you come to that like, wall thing, people do people just build up there and you have to like wait for people to get over the wall? And if so, how annoying is that? Um... You don't have to wait if you're, like, in the elite category. You can just, like, get over it. But, yeah, so, no. (laughs) That would be annoying. Actually, in Tough Mudders, you do – I did have to wait because there was, like – there was multiple loops. And I just, like, screamed – I just was, like, trying to be nice. But I was, like, hey, guys, like, there's a girl, like, 30 seconds behind me. And I'm, like, trying to win this thing. And they're, like, um, what? Okay. Some of them were really nice. Some of them were, like, mean. So I was, like, "Uh, It's a weird situation. Um, Oh, my God. I'm blanking on my – Sorry, I got another one. Mike, here with the last – here with the last question. Are you a better obstacle course runner or basketball player? Oh, I'm a baller for sure. Baller, yeah, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my first email address was mjbball1, so. Very nice, very yeah. nice. 
<laughs> Nell, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun, and we're going to be cheering for you down in Atlanta. Awesome. Thanks. I uh, look forward to meeting you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be at the bar buying, uh, buying rounds post-race if you want to join us. I will be there. And that interview was brought to you by the Irish Clover 5-Miler at Owen and Ollie's in Drake, Massachusetts on March 8th. Guys, we're going to be there. We're going to be running. It's going to be a great race. We're going to be after the after party. It's going to be an even better after party. And Peak Too Early is sponsoring the prize cash prize of $250 to the first male and female across the finish line. So be there. Entries are running out. This race is filling up, so you got to sign up now. So we'll see you out there. So a uh, little bit outside the running world, but we think there's a lot of comparisons between, you know, these two sports. But um, I had a lot of fun watching the uh, the McGregor Cowboy fight this weekend. Did you guys get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it. This was a this was my first pay-per-view fighting experience. And it was Your first pay-per-view I mean, I guess I, I've seen him at bars and stuff. I've been out and the games, like the fights have been on, but I haven't really gone to watch. This was the first, you know, in-house little small get-together, watch the fights, gamble, drink, and have a blast. And I'm all in. I, I think we might want to be a UFC podcast instead. Uh, I was pretty enthralled by by the fighting that went down. UFC is uh, slowly growing. It's like one of my more fun sports to watch and i think you're right i think there is a lot of comparisons to the running world i think the way that you get to train i think the 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 mental side of usc i think there is a lot there the one thing that ufc does really well and that our sport doesn't do too well is marketing itself i mean you get fired up about it all week they a lot of it's staged but whatever it is what it is it gets you excited about it and it gets you ready to watch and you we turn it on and you know, you have a fight like the McGregor one that lasts 45 seconds, and we spent three months hyping it, but it's Worth like the money. It, yeah, it's it, it is, and it was crazy exciting, and all the prelims leading up to it, it just builds the anticipation, builds the anticipation. It's a lot of fun. I I was I was loving it. Yeah, I think you know McGregor had to be on his best behavior this time around because you know <laughs> yeah. he kind of retired, he got kicked out of UFC, and then he needed to you know be on his best behavior. But um, you know, I think. Our sport, our runners, even if they have to fake it, even if they have to manufacture mm-hmm. it a little bit, take a little bit of the intensity of a guy like him that he brings to the competition. Like, how awesome would it be? You know, Nell Rojas, you know, qualifies for the Olympic trials. She's one of the top three coming across the finish line, and she grabs the mic, and she just goes, I want to take this time to apologize to absolutely fucking no one. <laughs> how awesome would that be? You know, like – like, come on, let's get fired up, guys. Let's, you know, let's, you know, let's, you know, get some exciting post-race interviews going instead of the same old, like, oh, I felt good, blah, 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 blah. you know, good competition out there. And let's get angry at each other and let's see some fiery competition out there. And I think we need to do a better job of, like, highlighting the one-on-one battles, right? We were talking about Kipchoge and Bikaley, but, like, within the, the other parts of the race, like, let's find two people who are constantly right near each other, right against each other, and, like, highlight, like, that one-on-one battle. Like, who's going to win between these two people? Because there's something compelling about that, right? Not just, like, having a list of results, but watching two people go at it and race each other and have, you know, if you can build up a little animosity, not even, like, rivalry or negativity but a little back and forth and you know showcasing these one-on-one battles i think it would do a big big uh positive for the sport and and like ufc you have plenty of time to build up the you know these battles these major championships right like mcgregor's fighting what once to twice a year at this point i don't know like cowboys maybe fighting twice a year so it's very similar to that running kind of you know these guys are running a lot of races but they're only you know running a major championship that we care about yeah twice three times a year so that in between time you know i hopefully that's kind of what we're doing not we're not building up the animosity or, or the rivalries as much on this podcast but showing the human interest stories and showing the personalities so that when the big you know event does come people actually care and have a rooting interest like i'm so anti like i love kind of the the energy mcgregor brought to it but i also love rooting against that guy so much it's so fun that uh, i know nothing about ufc but you know we're sitting around and i'm all in on buying a a pay-per-view which is i don't know 80 bucks or whatever it is um to watch these guys go at it for 35 seconds 
all because I've bought into, you know, who McGregor is as a person and how much I hate McGregor as a person at this point. Well, that was exactly my point last week where it's just like one of the best things that could ever happen to this sport is somebody buys into the heel, like they buy into the villain. Like if, Mm -hmm. if, you know, if, if, um, Rupp, Galen Rupp. If Galen Rupp bought into being the villain and he just embraced it and he just goes, everybody's going to hate me out here, and I love it. And how much would that do for the sport? Like, how exciting right. yep. would the trials be? Or how about the Bekele Kipchoge matchup if one of those guys came out just talking shit to the other? Like, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is, I can't even talk shit that well. So I'm not Bekele even going to try to give the example. Doing the millionaire strut. Yeah. yeah. You just walk yeah. out to the starting line doing the millionaire strut. But it's the lead up that matters too. Like, who does this chump think he does? Like, London's my my marathon, right? I, I kick ass on this, and this guy's gonna show up. No way. Like, that's that's the kind of shit you want to hear leading up to it. Well, on that note, let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? Pretty simple bell lap this week, folks. Get on www.peakedtooearly.com. Check out the blogs. We got a couple up there now. I've written one. Steve's written one. They're good reads. Most importantly. We got the T-shirts on sale. Go get yourself a T-shirt. If you haven't been on the website yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. I think we're just going to keep pumping out content on that, make it a cool place to be. So get get there. Just get there now. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? I'll work off of that. Get to peaktoorly.com. Let us know what you guys want to see on it. Give us, mm-hmm. a, give us a, a comment on some of these blog posts. You disagree with us, you agree with us or you want to see something covered shoot us a dm on, on instagram shoot us a comment on it uh let us know you know what story or person you tried to get to know a little bit and you couldn't you know you couldn't figure it out or you want to hear a nice hot take on it um we're, we're trying to give you the people what they want as jalen rose would say so um check it out and let us know what you think yeah i'm already fighting off haters from my take on the blog i just posted but uh i love it i love it i will not i this is my this is my uh promise to the listeners I'm not going to post uh, a blog that isn't going to be controversial. I want to hear the hate. I want If you agree with me, I want to hear it. But if you if you want to hate on it, I want to hear it even more. So send your feedback <laughs> my way. I'm pumped. I love it. And on that go- note, guys, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Jesse's on the vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. You know I like my boys a little bit older I just want to use your love tonight I don't want to lose your love tonight I ain't got many friends left to talk to No one's around when I'm in trouble You know I'd do anything for you Stay So, Skype is a Microsoft product, right? It's a Microsoft computer. Skype should not cause my computer to crash. Is that what Skype, is it Skype that's doing it, or? I mean, it's the only shit that's open. I have Skype and Chrome. Does this Uh, ever happen to you when you're doing anything, but? The only time this ever happens is when I use Skype. So, moving on to the next piece of running news is Kenisa Bekele announced that he will be running London. Against lost Trent again. Fuck you, Trent. Coming in now. I'm about to uninstall, restall, but I should be able to get to the episode. Trent's frozen again. My cup is on the table